Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of the 831 podcast. Firstly, thanks to everybody who's listened so far to episode one. Um, it's had a really good reception, some good feedback. I'm really thankful for everybody who listened and really thankful for all your comments. Um, it's been really positive. Sasha was, of course, a great first guest and I was really happy to sit down with her. Once I got the podcast out, I'm really happy to that people listened to it and it reached a wide group of people not just friends from paragliding community but also friends from the mma community just general friends etc thanks to everybody everyone who listened um sasha had good feedback from it so please please keep hitting her up hitting her up follow her stick to her instagram etc um and yeah let's keep the ball rolling for her she's got lots of projects coming up so keep keep following that one um I've been working on putting some new guests together, so I've got a few things lined up that we're going to work towards sorting out and taking care of. We're going to get those people in, and we're going to sit down and have a chat with some interesting people. But I'm all, always looking for new people, so if you guys have got any suggestions, I've had a few suggestions already, but if you guys have got any suggestions of guests who you'd like to hear me talk to, um, hit them up, send them over to me, get them in contact with me, anybody, we're, we're looking to just talk to anybody who's interested in if, if you think they deserve a platform to share something, give me a shout and give them a shout and hopefully we can put something together and we can keep the podcast rolling basically. I've, with me things have been pretty much the same, been getting by, lots of paragliding, having fun, some training etc. Want to thank again sponsor wise. This podcast will always be sponsored by Trojan Nutrition. So hit up Trojan Fitness in Ashton. Trojan Nutrition for all your nutrition supplements. Always looking for more sponsors. Keep this podcast rolling. Doesn't have to be financial sponsors. You know, we can work something out. It'd just be great to be working with local businesses, etc. So yeah, hit me up there. So today I sat down for episode two of the 831 podcast. It's with a long-term friend, a former coach throughout my MMA career, Kevin O'Hagan. Kevin's a well-known martial artist, mixed martial artist in Bristol and throughout the Southwest. Been a martial artist for many, many years. Great guy, fun guy. We've always had a great relationship, even though when we had rival gyms, so to speak. We had a great relationship. We'd share sparring, and my guys would go to him. His guys would come up and train with myself and Paul Reed. So we've had a great relationship with him and both his sons, Jake and Tom. So I was keen to sit down and talk with um, with Kev, but he's recently written another book, like his tenth or eleventh book, I believe. So he's releasing that in the next couple of months. So it was great to sit down and have a chat with him about that, about his route into martial arts. And yeah, a really interesting guy. Lots to say, lots to share. So I'm happy that I got to sit down. And I think this is a, a good podcast. Hopefully you'll enjoy it a little bit for, of something for everybody. As I said, looking for more guests. So keep them coming. But for now, in the meantime, yeah, listen to Kev. Hit me up with all your feedback again. This is now available on most formats. Through iTunes, it's available podcast, addict, etc. Available pretty much anywhere where you can get a podcast. Um... So have a listen, let us know exactly what you think, all feedback welcome, positive, negative, etc. Yeah, hit me up. Cheers guys.
Hiya Kev, thanks for joining me, thanks for coming on and having a chat with me. Pleasure was. I, uh, since I decided I was going to do a podcast, I had you in mind as a guest for a long time because you, I'm known for MMA probably mainly um, and you were very much at the forefront of my journey in MMA and I would say pretty much anybody who's, who's done MMA in Bristol back in the original not like the new there's a new breed of MMA now but everyone who's sort of started MMA or got in some sort of jiu-jitsu or fun pretty much everyone's come to you or they've they've trained with you at some point and I think uh, my career started with you as did a lot of other people so I thought it'd be nice to to speak with you and yes yeah see how things are going you're, you're obviously very diverse you've got a lot of things going on and just want to have a catch up basically yeah yeah that'd be great yeah yeah just uh, so how long have you uh, been in um, like martial arts and stuff, mate. You're like a lifelong, right? You've dedicated yeah. your life yeah. to martial arts, so. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been in martial arts now for 42 years. Um, I first started when I was 14, and it became a passion for me. Um, straight away, I just knew it was something that I wanted to do, and um, since then, there's never been a time that I haven't been training in it. So it has literally become a lifetime, yeah. uh, time pursuit for me. Yeah, yeah. Where did it start? What martial art? It started um, right back in '75 uh, with the Bruce Lee era kung fu. Yeah. At the time, he was a massive star. Everybody wanted to do kung fu. It was a new sort of kid on the block. So um, that's where I started. I trained at a little club down by the Bristol bus station back in the day. Uh, a guy used to travel down from Birmingham to teach every Friday night and we'd do a three hour class there and that was my sort of introduction really to martial arts and uh, loved it yeah and that helped you from there yeah yeah so from there the original uh, the original mixed martial arts Bruce Lee who's accredited like his system was obviously accredited to mixed martial arts and it is yes it is uh, like I find it people always I mean I, I have massive respect for Bruce Lee obviously you know because of what he did and stuff but as a martial artist obviously like the, the best gotta be the best but it's a shame there's not more combative stuff of his it's very choreographed sort of fight stuff etc and then now that give everyone the building blocks to create what we now call MMA yeah yeah, yeah, sure, from there, yeah. yeah I mean he was well ahead of his time you know back in the 60s he was training with focus pads and kick shields yeah. and stuff that was unheard of in traditional martial arts but he'd already seen I suppose where he thought the future of martial arts would go yeah. and ironically yeah when MMA come along it was really preaching things that he was talking about way back in the middle 60s and it took a while for people to get on board with that and realize that you know there was no one martial artist got all the answers um, and there's something to pick up yeah. from each and every one of them. Like, it's mad yeah. as well. Like he, uh, his legacy obviously just still lives on. When you think of like legends, Elvis Presley and Pele with football and yeah. Muhammad Ali, like these guys are all obviously legends of what they did. But now you don't really hear like the younger generation talking about them. If people talk about great footballers now, they're talking about Ronaldo or Messi. They're not talking about Pele or great boxers. Every now and again, the youth will mention Muhammad Ali, but Bruce Lee, like even now today, Bruce Lee still comes up as like a legend. Everyone knows who Bruce Lee yeah, is. Yeah. You know? I think that's uh, I think that's cool to like, he set such a precedent. He's still like very prominent and, and uh, apparent now, nowadays, you know, I think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. But, um, so I met you, uh, probably well 15 years ago yeah, now, more yeah, 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 yeah. me and James Thompson yeah. came to you and started doing some training when you were up at Lifestyles yeah, yeah. and uh, it was I don't know if it, like 
What style did you call it back then? What were you right. teaching? You know, I always say to people I got into MMA before it was actually called MMA. Yeah. So back then it was Valley Tudo, no yeah. holes barred fighting. And that's really what it was. There wasn't a name coined for it literally at the time. And it was only later on that the name mixed martial arts come up. So it was a melting pot really for people of all styles to come together and begin to sort of test out their skills and you know see see how they held up yeah. so um yeah at the time it was just it was really experimental time um i say now a lot of younger guys coming into the art uh, the sport now are fortunate there there's mma everywhere yeah, yeah. back then there wasn't nothing so you had people from different martial arts backgrounds really beginning to experiment and trailblaze what now has become a massive thing yeah. so i look back and think yeah i was really fortunate to be in it the sort of dawn of it really and the guys that train with me very much the same because at the time i was the only person in bristol that was teaching what we coined as mma so it, it was good to start it down there in just a little sort of small room down yeah. below a gym but we developed a, a lot of really good fighters that went on to great success. So, yeah, we yeah, didn't I'm even have mats down, did we? No, no one bag, <laughs> couple of mats down, nothing really. Yeah. No, no ring, no cage, nothing yeah, like that. No. Look, because I, I fell into it by accident. I was doing a bailiff work with James Thompson, and um, he's like, oh, I'm going to have a, a cage fight. Because there was no MMA, it was cage no, fight. That's that's right. Right. Yeah, 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 I'm going to have right. a cage fight. Yeah. And he said, I was like, oh, are yeah. you? He said, yeah, but I don't know how to fight on the ground. You're a judo guy. Can you teach me some stuff? I was like, yeah, of course. And uh, we started working together. And of course, he was like, yeah, you'd be good at this. And I was like, 18 or 19. I was like, yeah, I'd do that. Like, you know, full of spunk. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, come to this class that I'm going to go to with Kev, Kev Noegan. And I was like, yeah, I'll come. And I didn't go for like the first couple of times. And James had been. He's like, mate, this class is really good. But you should come. And I came along and uh, that was it. I saw it. And it was like a, an aspect that. I never thought, because me and James would hit some pads or something, knowing fuck all about boxing, <laughs> looking back at it, nothing about boxing, yeah. but hit some pads and uh, we would obviously grapple with my judo knowledge yeah. and then we came to yourself who you had sort of pieced it together yes. somehow, so I was yeah, like, yeah. right, okay, so, and when I go back and I look at it, I was like, yeah, I'm out of my depth, I can't. I can't do this. Like, but then again, me and James were the only people in the whole of Bristol who were looking at fighting. You know, yes, there was nobody. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That was it. It was just us two. And uh, yes, yeah, so I was looking. I was like, "Fuck, man, this this guy could kick my ass." Like, <laughs> well, how am I going to come fight in a cage? I don't know I'm going to be fighting. So, yeah, we just stuck with it and stuck training. And yeah, it just grabs you, right? Because it's so different. Yes. It, it grabs you, and that's what that's what it did with your with yourself. And then. Well, so you moved on, but my first fight, you fought on the same yes, show. You I fought Sammy, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's like, a great night. Great night, because me, you, and James yeah, on the same yeah, show, did, yeah, trained all the way through together yeah. in that. And yeah, we could, yeah, but looking now, as you said, with the younger guys, I look now, and there's like 24 year olds now, and I train with them. And I mean, they're like, it's a real hard time, like, really struggling with them. And it's not an age thing, it's just for the first, I'd say, like, seven years of maybe eight years of, of training MMA, we didn't have a clue. We no, were just no, piecing right. bits together, yes, you know? Yeah, and yeah, exactly from that, right. like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu-wise, I mean, I went to, to Brazil and trained with the Graces in, oh, like, 2011 or something. And I trained there, and obviously I saw proper Jiu-Jitsu, how good it was, and we had Carlos Escojega was teaching us over here with Trojan, and I saw it, and 
we learnt some stuff and I came back and I was thinking I'm one of the top Brazilian Jiu Jitsu guys now I've done three weeks that's me I'm good to go <laughs> and uh, you look now and these guys although I've got eight years I had eight years of training before that happened so I've only realistically got seven years of MMA training but then I teach these guys or you teach these guys they're 24 and they've been doing it for six years yeah. they've got all that knowledge that, that we've shared with them and they've skipped a beat you know they're, they're straight there 24 years old killers ready to go yeah, yeah, definitely. and yeah just that they're in they're in a really good place now with the with us when you get the people like the conor mcgregor etc who've managed to really utilize from that because they're getting taught a proper system instead of just piecing it together yeah you're right i think that's the advantage you know back then we were literally finding things as you went along testing them out seeing if they work if they didn't back to the drawing board let's see if we can find something else i can remember um very early on in one of my early amateur fights um i uh, got caught in a knee bar about 25 seconds from the end of the fight which i was winning but at the time i just didn't know how to get out of it you thought what's this you've yeah. never seen it before yeah. so afterwards then you went back and thought right that hole there I'm gonna to have to find out some way to get out of it and it was really difficult to find that information now people take this all for granted but literally back then you might get caught in something you've never seen before and then try and hunt it down yeah. and find a counter out for it so you know it really was that was the way it was taught and I think you you sort of hit on something that you said um, what I managed to do and what I always felt as a coach my forte was was piecing everything together to show people how to go from boxing range to wrestling to ground. Although I'm not an expert in any of those things, I had that ability to be able to see it and fuse it together. And that's what I loved, being able to take somebody who could, you know, punch it, but also show them how to neutralize that, to avoid being taken down and, and win a fight stood yeah. up if that's what they want to do and vice versa. Yeah. So, um, but it was a long, long learning curve uh, to be able to get to a point where myself or even any of my guys would step into the cage. You know, now people sort of go in there after like, yeah. you know, six weeks training. It's like, it's like a status and symbol yeah, now. Yeah, like being, because it's now MMA. Like when we started, it was cage fighting. Yeah. I can remember when people, when we said, me and James were doing, they're like, what's sure. that Wesley Murch? He's a cage fighter. That's a yeah. cage. And you're like, yeah. It's baffling that it was unheard of, it was underground, it was in nightclubs where 50 yeah. people came to watch it the most, and now everybody's a, an MMA fighter because yeah, they've yeah. done four classes and they're having an amateur fight, yes. or you know, even the combat sports tryouts that we used yeah, to do, they were like yeah. every six months yeah. there'd be one, so yeah. you, that was it, it was all we had all year, yeah, you know, and right. you trained for that. Yeah. Now, yeah. you can decide you're going to be an MMA fighter on the Monday and fight on the Saturday. Well, fact, I doubt, yeah, you if, know, I, I always found. For me, it was a great honour to get into the cage because, you know, when this all come about, and I suppose the first time I was aware of what was to be MMA was probably about maybe 96, 97, you know, and um, I started watching the early UFCs and stuff like that, and I loved it, but I was probably about maybe 36, 37 then, and I never in my wildest dreams thought I could even get in there. So... When it comes to the point where I did, it was a great honour for me, and I was really, you know, pleased that I could do that, and I'll never forget that, you know. But now I think people just go in and out of there like it's nothing, and yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think it's got that same aura about it. It had back, you know, my day, even your day, I. Yeah, know? I mean, I think uh, along the same lines that white collar boxing kind of does the same, and I've I've seen a, a 
how, like doing the doors and stuff, hearing people talk and being on the scene as you are. Like people talk about their training, like their white collar boxing training. They talk as if they're. Uh, like, it's something that they're training like a professional. Yeah, I know what you're talking about with your fight camp, mate. Yeah, I've just done zero to hero or white collar boxing. And I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't want to take away from what you're doing at all. But it's not. And you can't. Without sounding like a, yeah. a dick, you can't. But you, you look at people. Like, I've been fortunate as you have that we were around so early that lots of the great local guys. And I mean, on a fairer scale, because I've managed to train over the world. But like Paul Reed, Nad Naramani, Ronnie Mann, like myself and you have both taught or trained with these guys yeah. they're local guys and someone like Paul Reed to take up the sport at 33 I think he was and get to like the second ranked featherweight in the UK at one point the dedication that guy put into to being where he was like working late shifts finishing at 7 coming to the gym just so you can have an hour pad session with me then you go and do cardio then you go and go to bed to get up and do another session in it. and you see that sort of dedication that that guy put into being a professional not it didn't matter whether he was going to be a professional MMA fighter or a professional rock climber he was just going to be a really professional about yeah, it yeah. and that seems to be diluted and lost now because people go to a couple of training sessions they hit pads and they can get for a three minute pad session and they take it that they're ready to go in the cage you know so it's one of those I love that the sport's grown and I love where it's gone but I think it has sort of lost that mysticism and that um integrity that someone like yourself was saying it was such an honor for you yeah, to get in the yeah. cage and that's that's sort of lost and some people are you can see it in fights they're going in there because their mates are cheering them yeah that's right in. yeah 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 you know yeah that is lost and yeah I mean, but what do you do how does a sport grow yes without that you know you just try yeah. and look i know the way you teach and the way that i teach how you said about hit like piecing things together um is very when i teach a class of say 30 people i can only teach say five people one way, then 10 people another way. Because people learn differently. People yes. don't respond correctly. People might come from a striking background and now teaching them grappling. And then the other side of the mat, it's the opposite. And so being able to piece that together in your own head, yeah. but then having to break it back down to yeah. teach someone individually, you know, I think uh, I think that's a great side of the sport with all these different people coming through and the variety of people we get trained. That's a great side of it for someone like yourself and me who I'm coming towards the end of my career. That teaching can still be so exciting, you yes, know. And yeah, yeah. yeah, you're unfortunate fortunate enough to have fought, but unfortunate enough that you didn't make a career out of MMA yes, because yeah. it came too late for yes, you. Yes, yeah, certainly. But yes. you've been lucky enough now that you you've changed the face of MMA certainly in Bristol, and you can f focus yourself on it. You know. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah you know, it was certainly something that you know, that I wanted to do. I mean, when MMA come along, you just knew this was going to be the next big thing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you could either get on the train and go with it, or you could bury your head in the sand and ignore it, you know? But I've always been open-minded with martial arts training from day one. I love to train with everyone and anyone. So yeah. for me, it was a great avenue to test those mix or skills that you picked up. You know, um, because I my base art for a long time was jiu-jitsu, there was no real format for jiu-jitsu. It was either a judo competition or karate competition, yeah. but nothing that allowed the two. So you found if you went into one or the other, you inevitably got <laughs> disqualified or warned because you were doing something you shouldn't. So um, 
I can remember before you know MMA come along, there was a something called the Jiu-Jitsu Kumite. It was uh, developed so that Jiu-Jitsu fighters could fight. So you just wore little gloves and a gi, and you could punch and kick and take people down, and you either won by submission or you won by points. And that was the first time I found a format that suited what I was doing. You know, you thought, great, I can hit, but I can also you know yeah. take down. So you know, I competed in that for a little while before then going on to MMA so that was a great springboard to be able to do something otherwise there just wasn't nothing for people that were doing jiu-jitsu at the time yeah. like that. what was your first exposure to MMA what was your first fight you saw or? Um, it was um, the UFC UFC 1 you yeah. know I remember uh, buying a videotape from America of it I'd read about it in some of the American magazines but I watched it and um, yeah it was it was great you yeah. know I you know, I'd read things before about way back in the day, sort of in the 60s, about like Gene LaBelle, he sort of fought a, fought a uh, boxer back in the day there and he took him down and choked him out and all that. So there was little stories about these sort of encounters, but you've never actually seen anything yeah. firsthand in your own time. So Muhammad Ali as well, didn't Muhammad Ali, when, yeah, the guy, he's just led on his back and yeah. kicked his legs for 15 rounds and Ali <laughs> sort of couldn't do nothing about it yeah. bit of an anti-climax so I remember as a kid really looking forward to that and when I seen it it was a bit of a downer but you can see that that guy this is my world um, yeah, this exactly. is my, and I don't want to come into yours and I'm not going to yeah. so I suppose that's where MMA bridged that gap like, yeah you I mean, know? You know, someone would, as famous as Muhammad Ali taking part in something yeah, it's amazing. coming you know it's coming yeah, the sport's yeah, coming at that point think about doing it because you, know? you get the you get lucky enough that you see something like that but you're left with the but what if what if he would have stood up yeah, and then it's, right, yeah. what if he would have gone to the ground yeah, so that's yeah. when it like yeah, yeah, it, yeah it all falls yeah. out of that you know yeah. and someone like it's the same with this Conor McGregor and um, Floyd Mayweather yeah. thing that people ask me all the time of course they're like what do you think of it yeah, and I'm like, right, yeah. well it's shit shit boxing and it's crap MMA because yeah. there's going to be no MMA and it's not going to be the best boxing match no, I've ever no, seen right. but it's super exciting yeah like I'm 100% watching yeah, it and Beer I think is amazing that, that Connor's making the money that he's making from it he's changing the sport for everybody in that he's not so much from the athlete side of things but for people watching it the amount of people who now watch MMA just off the back of Connor is superb and I, I, I was lucky enough to see Connor's career I've been fighting obviously a lot longer so I've seen his career yeah, you've seen his right, career yes, grow yeah, yeah, so yes. you see someone like that come up through the ranks and he was always talked about and now he's where he is yeah. superb but you get this thing with uh, the Mayweather and people like that oh I think uh, he's going to knock him out I think Connor's going to knock him out and I'm like oh, let's not be confused yeah. yeah but I don't like Mayweather yeah, like, yeah listen, I, I fought people I don't like yeah. so kick my ass yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no like, it, it, he is the best at what he does yes. I'm not going to say the best boxer I wouldn't say he's the best boxer of all time no. but he's the best at what he does there's yes. no you know and I was dubious about Mayweather in the people that he fought until he fought uh Canelo recently and Canelo couldn't put a glove on him yes. like that's, that made me think you know you're fighting with someone in their prime yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're you're coming towards the end of yours and still you're, this guy's got no chance of getting near yes. you so it, it made me think you know what the guy's absolutely legit yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting because if Connor tags in of course in, it is yeah, yeah it's always that what if so yeah. people will watch generates a lot of money so yeah, yeah. 
and yeah, we're like it. it's always weird when you say this because I still feel like we're 2017 MMA's been around for 20 odd years and I still feel a bit strange when I say to people yeah I enjoy fighting you know like I do not even just compete but I, lo- I enjoy watching fighting yeah, yeah. and it just people still you can tell they look in their eyes they have this perception of who you are as soon as you say you enjoy fighting like, yeah, like yeah, I enjoy yeah, to yeah. watch fighting or I enjoy to why do you do it why do you get punched I really enjoy it. I enjoy punching people I enjoy getting punched back the technical side of it figuring out what's going on like, I enjoy that and I still feel now when I say it like should I really say that? <laughs> I, should I say that? Enjoy that, you know. But uh, something like this Mayweather and uh, McGregor thing is crossing those boundaries, and so many people are just looking forward to it now. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's another new wave coming for for MMA. You know, yeah, hopefully yeah. not too celebrity. I don't want it to get too. No, 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 no. You know, don't want it getting too watered down. And become like, don't want it becoming yeah. the WWE. No, do we, definitely you know? not. Script. Look, we've had no. the we've had the times of questioning whether stuff's real. Yeah, back in Pride and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and we're all going back. Yeah, yeah. back to that. Definitely. Yeah, no, that um, step backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So you look. That was your your MMA and and how we got how we met etc but you also because of your your liking for martial arts you've got other avenues that you went down you went down at like the edge weapon stuff to self defence yeah. etc yeah. do you find it uh, like does that give you as much stimulation as your yeah I mean I, I guess like you say there would be certain people that will know me from MMA but there'd be other people that would have known me from my combat jiu-jitsu and self-defense. So I see them as two separate parts of my life and career. And now I've sort of come full circle again, where I'm back teaching more of the combat jiu-jitsu and self-defense and, and enjoying it now even more than I did sort of first time round. So it's a different aspect, which has always fascinated me. And um, I guess MMA was a nice distraction down another route as well for me. So basically, I always find that my roots were definitely in uh, the self-defense side of martial arts, more so than the sporting side. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I think I think if you've got kids now and they're not doing some sort of self-defense, you're crazy. You're, like this, the world that we live in now yeah. is just so like any sort of defense and just something you know and we can't I, I think you can't just take your kids to do some kata karate at the local like sports centre and think that that's enough like just something you don't need to promote violence to your kids or anything but you know some sort of defence in the world just in the world that we live in now and you hear about like just muggings for mobile phones and all this sort of stuff you just yeah some sort of having a 16 year old daughter I've been teaching her like, obviously stuff for years but I'm a 16 year old daughter I still worry now yeah, sure. groups of girls you know like yeah. get, she says oh dad like so and so happened in school and this group of girls had a fight with this one girl and that's it's crazy yeah. to think that that's the world but you know if you're not teaching your kids something if you if you can't look past it's okay doing rugby and football and, and by all means make that their main focus yeah. but something you know once a week once a fortnight a little boxing class or a little yeah. jiu-jitsu class I think you just need to be doing something now and also for for adults as well like girls who are going out clubbing etc and um people who are i don't think that being in your 50s is a reason to not train no, that's no, a great no. time the older you get the more vulnerable you get yeah, that's yeah. that's just a fact of life you yes. know and so i think as you get that vulnerability seek out something that can help you or because even you know you don't if, if someone's gonna attack you 
and you're in your 50s etc 60s maybe I'm not saying you need to fight with these people it's probably best if you don't but if you can at least defend yourself yeah, yeah. enough that it makes this person think I'm getting out of here yeah, you know? yeah, surely, yeah. yeah I think uh, yeah I think it's a side now that people see the sporting side of, of um, fighting but that defence side is is interested me and it's, it's something that I've never really I've taught defence classes but I've never really explored it like yourself with the edge weapons and etc but I really like it I think it's a good avenue it's broad yeah, right? yeah. But, uh, yeah I think also for people that may have had a sporting career there's also another avenue for them to carry on their martial arts training yeah. you know you get to an age where you know being kicked around the legs and punching the edge no longer <laughs> a fun thing yeah. for you so rather than having to give everything up and thinking well that's it I've had my day you can filter into other areas of martial arts continue your training maybe get belt graded in it if it's what you want to do and there's no reason why you can't stay on the mats in some shape or form as long as you want to yeah. you know you c of course you won't be training as a sort of professional athlete at the height of your your sort of day but you can still train and enjoy it and feel that you can look after yourself if the need be really you yeah. know and also pass that on to to everybody yeah i think all kids right the way through should be taught i think really it should be part of a school curriculum agree, you know yeah. always have been um but sadly it's not so then they do have to come to places to, to find that training and it's nice to be able to cater for them right yeah, yeah. i mean we are confidence. i've taught a couple of things at schools and i've actually got yeah. a uh, i'm doing a whole a whole day at a school um up near Swindon I think it is I'm doing a whole day teaching wrestling seminars to six different groups hour long wrestling seminars to six different groups up there this month so I think it's good that because of the exposure teachers are, are hopefully bringing it yeah. into schools and stuff you know and I remember going to a school a few years ago and speaking to them about teaching some stuff and they said we're going to have to sell it is like boxing and wrestling yeah. because of NAMMA gets heard Yes. But it would just be told no we can't yeah, do that yeah, so yeah. we had to like downplay everything is grappling and wrestling and stuff just because of the, obviously the reputation or the perception Certainly, of what yes. it is but I, I agree with you as a curriculum I think that, that it does have a place because people are still lost of the opinion like the archaic opinion that, that martial arts breeds violence yeah. which it's obviously the complete opposite the most disciplined people I mean I, so people say to me I've had it a few times. People say to me, like, if I'm at a club or something, working on the door, and they're like, "Oh, you must have like a confidence knowing you're like you're probably the hardest person in here." And I'm like, "Well, I don't ever really work like that for me. Like, I have a I have a confidence in knowing that I can deal with any situation. So a violent situation or one that's about to be violent, I can generally turn around and negate all violence." Yeah. Just because I have the confidence to approach that verbally. Yes, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, especially if you're working on the door, um, like bouncers, situations escalate to violence lots more rapid than I think they need to because people don't have the confidence to approach a situation and be verbal. They see something happening and they're so worried about what the next move's going to be. Am I going to get hit? Is someone going to go... Did it go in violent? Yes, or guns yeah, blazing, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that having that knowledge and obviously the, the years of training allows you to approach a situation so so much differently and you can be verbal for that much that much longer because if someone does do something you obviously can react you yes. know how to react and yeah. i mean even if they did, did get a sneaky one in and they caught you um you you're used to getting a hit you're not yeah. your world's not going to end no, and you're not no, going to no, be yes. you know i think that it just sets you up that 
I can talk to you and no matter how aggressive you are, I can find a way to, you know, and, and very much back down and make yourself look, yeah. very, many situations I'll back down, I'll make myself yeah. look like I'm in the wrong to defuse the situation. Yeah. Because having a fight with a drunk bloke in a bar means nothing when you fought around the world it doesn't, in no. an MMA fight, no, you know? No. So I, I think, think that's where you've got nothing to prove and people that have gone out there and put their sort of neck on the line they've got an inner confidence that yeah if it goes pear shape they can do something but they haven't got the need to push it there i think most people that go straight into it they're they, they're looking for something to prove you know they yeah. want to see what they're all about and uh you know and they or get they're scared well, yeah or, or yeah it's just nervous. fear makes them do it yeah you and know and then afterwards they may look back and think i you know i handled that wrong so you know, I was just talking to somebody earlier on. Like when I first got into martial arts as a fourteen-year-old boy, um, I wanted to learn to look after myself, and I thought by having all these skills, it would get rid of fears and it would get rid of sort of lack of confidence and things like that. And it it did to a certain extent, but it never actually got rid of all the things that I thought it would. You know, so. I still didn't like confrontation. Even when I could handle myself, I didn't know what to do. And it wasn't until later in my journey, when I started looking into that side of things and the psychological side of violence and how the body reacts, etc., I realised that was the missing missing piece. You know, and as soon as I found that, as you were saying, you began to understand what your body was going through under the stress. You learned to verbalise diffuse situations yeah. where before all you thought was I'm going to have to hit this person because I don't know what else to yeah, do yeah. and I think that's what happens to a lot of people you know if they can't articulate their frustration they'll hit you instead and I think um, you know when you work with people for long enough particularly working security in the doors you begin to realise that and the person is getting frustrated rather than belittling them or making them look stupid so that they will take a swing you've got to have that ability to yeah, I understand what you're saying, mate. You know, let's let's talk about it and calm it up. And I think that's a greater skill than being able to throw any punch. Yeah, you know, without a doubt. You know, and I, I, I sort of applaud that. And uh, you know, I, I think one of the things for me in this day and age is a lot of self-defense systems out there now. They sort of sprang up in the last maybe ten years. And one of the problems for me is um, they're teaching good technique, but they're teaching it on what I call the high end of the scale. So if you had a scale of one to ten, with one being maybe somebody's drunk and they give you a bit of verbal, and ten somebody's coming at you with a knife, then my problem is they treat one and ten as the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's no in between. So I think what it does, it promotes the wrong mindset for people that every encounter is a life and death encounter. So they're breaking arms, snapping necks, gouging yeah. eyes, where yeah. all the guys done a flick of peanut at you from across the bar, <laughs> yeah. and suddenly like he's a pool on the floor. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I always find when uh, jujitsu for me had lots of options it was very good it was good at like controlling restraining somebody you know maybe hitting with a pressure point uh, taking them to the floor and pinning them or we could be right up the other scale if you had to break somebody's arm or choke them out you could do that yeah. and um, I think you know a, a good martial arts system should be wary of that and try and teach the level of force to be proportionate with the threat that they're facing yeah. you know and I think sometimes this day and age a lot of systems are guilty of not doing that like you know? yeah, yeah I agree I just uh like from being on the door and, and so, I mean I still work at the door now and um, for my sins unfortunately but I sort of enjoy it like I I enjoy meeting people like that's I'm a vote I'm a I'm a personable person I like to meet people I like to verbalize and exchange and talk and uh, 
So I like that side of it. I, I'm not scared of confrontation in the slightest. I don't. I prefer not to have confrontation, yes. but I'm not scared of it. Yes. And also, I feel that when you, I work with my brother in a good, solid team, and I feel that when you're there as a team, A, you can I can help the guys who have not got as much experience. I mean, I'm doing the door 17 years, you know. Um, and obviously you see it all in that. People stab each other, glass and in the face, girls biting each other. Like, you've seen it all. So you can help the guys who are just getting into it and you can hopefully steer them away from making mistakes where CCTV's everywhere now. If you put yeah. a hand on someone, you you have to justify that now, you know? And people are so quick to run to the police now that that has to be justified. So hopefully I can help steer people away from making mistakes that would get them to that situation. But at the same time, you add a bit of solidity to the group as well. You make it a bit more solid. I have, a, I have a big background. I can go and I can deal with situations, with six men situations, vocally, take care of it. So I'm like, oh, you didn't, fuck, I thought, thought it was going to go off then. I was ready for it. I was like, yeah. that's where you went wrong. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. shouldn't have been ready for it. Yeah. You should have been like, well, let's avoid anything we can to avoid that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it just adds that extra little uh, niche just through the experience, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but like you say, I think that only comes from my experience, from my background, from training yeah, yeah, and yeah. having that confidence, you know, like yeah. Mara's over. Did you do the doors at all yourself? When, when I was young, yeah, for yeah. a short period of time. Because I mean, Jeff Thompson spoke about highly about you, didn't he? Yeah. 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 It was in his book. Did he mention yeah. it in his book? Yeah, yeah it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a photo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 so yeah. yeah, I was good friends with Jeff and sort of met him after he wrote his first but you know, watch my back. I was, I, I really liked it. It struck a chord with me, and a lot yeah. of things he was saying, you know, I could relate to. And I thought I need to meet meet this guy. So you know, I got to meet him, and I trained with him on numerous occasions, and went up to Coventry and and whatnot. And we become good friends from it. And you know, he was also helpful in other areas of my life, sort of opened a few doors for me, yeah. which was nice. Um, but yeah, it's just the same thing. Yeah, I did it for a short period of time, but it just it was something that I'd done at the time and then moved on you yeah, know I got I got married young our children I began to realise you know this is maybe not for me you know yeah. I need to be doing something a bit more stable so uh, if I had a missus in, missus in that mate I wouldn't be on yeah, the door yeah, yeah. it's just for me it's, it's easy money because I go to work I, I, I can have a bit of a flirt or I have a chat with the lads and I get paid like last night I worked I get paid for nothing yeah. you know I get paid to have a little bit of a flirt with people and go home at the end of the night that's money for nothing for me if yeah, I had a yeah. missus at home for me I'd yeah, be off the, I'd be off the door definitely yeah, certainly, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just because it's just it is a ball ache job but it's not to be fair mate it's not how it was 15 years ago no. 15 10 years ago the door was a crap place to be I mean it was yes. a lot it was a lot more violent yeah, back then yeah, it's yeah, not certainly. anymore it's a, it's a much better environment now but uh yeah, it's still not. It's antisocial hours and yeah, the money's yeah. still really poor. Like the flyer staff get the same money as you get an hour yeah, now. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. crazy, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, so you are. Uh, we're in jest, but you um, you've written a few books yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've, uh, yes. How many books in total? Then? Well, I think it's ten up to present. Yeah, um, I have got a book hopefully due out by the end of this year. And it's sort of really, it's like a, it's it's an autobiography of my whole career. Um, I feel I've reached like a crossroads in my career where a lot of things I set out to do, I achieved. I was fortunate enough to do that. And you get to a point where you know your head's hitting the ceiling metaphorically. Yeah. You you thought of think there's nothing really much left to challenge me in that area. So I thought it'd be nice to put everything down in print from sort of right back as a fourteen year old boy all my experiences right through to where I was now. So, you know, I've tried this occasionally before, but 
maybe I, you know, I wasn't at the right time for me to do it. There was stuff that I didn't want to talk about, but now I looked at it with a different eye. And I've been quite candid and open about good and bad, you know, of all the experiences, the people I've met, the places I've been, and how it shaped me from yeah. a kid that, you know, could have gone into something else, you know, gone the wrong way. Martial arts was a, a massive thing for me. It put me on the right track. I met some wonderful people. And, um, you know, it shaped me for, for what I am today. So it's cool when we were warriors and hopefully, you know, we'll see it out by the end of this year and, you know, it'll be on my website, etc. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be great if people have a look out for it and give it a read. Yeah, definitely. And and a read back over the other books. The other books are uh, subject. Yeah, yeah. They, they're sort of self-defense based. Um, my first book, I probably I think about '95 when um, I had it published. I, I'd written it, and I had the I actually had the manuscript for five years before anybody decided to take it on. I had you know rejection after rejection, where eventually you think, hang on a minute, maybe this is no good, and I'm going to shelve it. And fortunate enough, somebody did come in and say, no, I like we like this, so you know they printed it for me. So what I wanted to do at the time was to, to come up with something different. There was a lot of books. If you went into, I don't know, W.H. Smith's Waterstones, you had the sort of learn karate in yeah. you know, six yeah. months, judo for beginning, and all this. And they weren't titles that jumped off the shelf at me. So I used to read a lot of American books, and they always had great titles that made you think, I want to buy that, even if it was crap when you yeah. actually got it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So by then, you paid your money, and they thought, well, never mind. It's fine. So um, I thought... I watched a film Roadhouse, a sort of classic <laughs> film. Classic. Made my brother watch that film when he started working yeah, the door. Yeah, yeah, it's a classic yeah, film. Great like, film. You know, and the recurring theme was, you know, I thought you'd be bigger. And yeah. I thought, that's a great title for a book. And because, you know, I was never the biggest, tallest of people, and a lot of people I trained with over the years were always bigger than me, I developed lots of techniques for a smaller person. So yeah. I thought, let's write a book. So there's a guy that I knew who's like, he, he collects, avid collector of books, and I said to him, you know, has anything ever been done? Like it? He said, no. And I said, what should I do? He said, I suggest you get in there quick because somebody else is going to steal the yeah. idea. So that's what I'd done. And, um, you know, I got it published. And that was great, you know, to see that book in print was, it had been like a real labour of love for me. And to suddenly somebody turn up the door with a box, say, there you are, I thought, great guy you know yeah. now I look back and I think oh, I could have written that better but I mean it's a learning process so yeah, exactly, in yeah. it's like you know you look back and then yeah it just went from there I had other ideas so um I just wrote whenever I could I just wrote and wrote I look back I laugh because you know I was training really hard at the time it's probably like at my hardest and I come home absolutely exhausted and um everything I wrote not on a computer at the time it was pen you yeah. know and a pad and my wife would type it up on an old typewriter you know <laughs> there was no computer there so you know sometimes I have a job to hold a pen <laughs> and be falling asleep <laughs> writing it but I grinded it away then she'd type it up take my own photos send it all off and they yeah. would put it together and come back into a book like you know so um that's amazing that must yeah. be awesome because yeah when you're writing on a computer yeah, you're getting the book different. you can yeah, see the you're books getting yeah, it there, there yeah, in front of you yeah you just got a bundle of papers yeah exactly yeah <laughs> hoping <laughs> somebody don't lose them you know yeah, I, mean? I think that is what like i did uh like i enjoy writing um but when i write with a pen i feel i feel like it my writing's much more creative mm. so when i Right on a keyboard, I feel very structured by punctuation, etc. Yes, so I end yes, up yes. changing, 
changing from the way that I think yeah, to the yeah, way that I yeah, read. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. when I do it in handwriting, punctuation sometimes goes out the window yeah. until I rewrite it. Yeah. But it's a lot more creative just from writing with, like, with a pen. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, I think that's a great, yeah. a great thing. But yeah. now so you've made the transition over to the computer. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I've managed to do that. So, yeah, yeah. So Or I'm, a dictaphone and still give it to your <laughs> missus. Yeah, to I used to do that as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that, yeah. But now I've progressed to typing myself, yeah, which I'm quite chuffed at. Because <laughs> I don't come from a computer era, so uh, going from one finger, I can I can do it all now. Yeah. So um yeah, the, this book was you know and the last couple have been done on the computer, and it makes life a, a lot easier. Like yeah yeah, yeah certainly yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, do you read a lot as well, or are you just yeah I'm an yeah. avid reader, and I think to write you've got to read. It's yeah. as simple as that. I mean the more you read of other people's stuff, you just see a style and. Sometimes I'll read a book just for the story. Other times I'll read it to see how the person writes, you know, yeah. and, and how they put words together. And then that, that certainly helps you. So we were sort of talking about earlier on, if you're going to do something, you know, you want to do it well, you've got to give it 100%, just as yeah. you were saying with, you know, uh, MMA or whatever it is. So I look and see, you know, when I started off writing, seriously, say 95 sometime, and where I am now, and I can see that, I've improved in how I write, how I turn things. So that's good because that's the same as any progression in whatever you're doing, you know, you, yeah. you like to look back. But at the time, if that's all you had, that's that's what you went with, like, you know. So um, you can only look and think, yeah, things are getting better. So for me, it's a passion and I, I, I certainly want to try keep pursuing that, you know, and I'm working at a moment on a fictional novel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, again, it's been something I've I've always wanted to do, and I just wondered if I could stretch myself to do it. And um, yeah, I'm working on it, and fingers crossed. Hopefully, somewhere along the line, maybe we'll get that published. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you read much fiction? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I sort of go between two. Uh, you know, I read a lot of autobiographies. You know, I like a lot of stuff, spiritual stuff, stuff that you know how you can improve yourself. But then I just like a, a good old sort of crime novel. You yeah. know, horror story, what, like, whatever. Like, because I don't know? really read not like fiction. I don't yeah. read a lot of fiction. But I read um like I've read like nineteen eighty four, and I've read um I've read a couple of George Orwell things, uh, Animal Farm, and um I've read there's a great book called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho that's a great book as a fiction book read a few, a few things that I, but a lot of my stuff I've got lots of books on like um, the brain and the body yes, yeah, sure, and yeah, yeah, yeah. like lots of stuff on animals and stuff birds yeah. of prey like I yeah, read a yeah. lot of uh, loads of autobiography it's got like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm one of those guys I wanted like a library in my house you know like, yeah. like a big um, leather chest filled <laughs> chair whatever, just yeah, a massive yeah. library behind yeah. that's what I want when I want because I, I try and read like a a book a month sometimes right, a book yeah. a fortnight I read generally yeah. and uh, yeah. always got a book on the go but yeah I've not really got into reading fiction yeah yeah yeah, yeah. don't captivate I'll me really, I suppose I've, I've got different moods to read I mean if I'm on holiday then I'll read fiction because I take it as a holiday I'm not learning I yeah. when I read autobiographies or you know self help that's to me that's work yeah. I'm, I'm trying to improve myself all the time or I've read countless martial arts and stuff like that so I always associate that with work and then when I'm totally chilled, I'll just read something I'm not think too much about, like, yeah. and just enjoy it for what it is, like, you know. Yeah. So I think that's how I hop between one and the other. Yeah. yeah. So that, but this new book should be interesting then. Yeah. Like, your your reflections on who you are and how you've got to where you are. Certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the good and bad of it, and you know, 
some of the people you met along the way and how martial arts changed, you know, from back in the days where some of the stuff you've done, you thought, how the hell did you get away with training like that without somebody coming and shutting you down, you know what yeah. I mean? No insurance, like, nothing like that. Like you and I training with James Thompson, he's yeah, 125 I mean. kilos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and then you and Yeah, 75 like, kilos, that's it, yeah. we're getting punched in the face. Yeah, 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 we've yeah, seen yeah. some, uh, and I remember, yeah. Like more recently, because I I don't spar hard now at all. No, I don't have any hard. So we we discourage it from our classes. Yeah. Paul Reed's one of those guys who like listen, no hard spar. But back in the day, we were we thought we had to try and knock each other out. That's yeah, what we yeah, thought. Yeah, spar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless you're still sparring with Nad. Yeah, that's still right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. Just, only got always, one yeah. Well, he's like, Nad, you're gonna knock me out of that head kick. He's like. Yeah, I can't throw head kicks soft. Yeah, don't yeah. throw head kicks. Yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah, 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 I guess. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The fuck, you can knock me out just because yeah, you can't yeah. throw them soft. But um, yeah, we back in the day we fought it. But that's yeah, how you made hard. yourself tough in the gym. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of times I've gone into training like nervous, yeah, like, yeah, almost almost upset. <laughs> like I have to get up an hour early out of bed <laughs> to like put on some rocky music, cook myself some eggs. Yeah, 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 that's how it was. We killers are all hungry, you know, like yeah. real, a real tough group. And you're going to training, like moaning the whole way down. Like, oh, fuck, why am I doing this? Looking at yourself in the mirror as you're driving, thinking, yeah, oh, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You get out, be brutal. And then, of course, afterwards, you, you, br- you love like, it, you know, which makes it worse. <laughs> it makes it worse because next time... <laughs> It's the same again, and yeah, you go yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, I've yeah. seen people like knocked out in, tr- in sparring yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. regularly like hard, broken bones in sparring back back over the years. Now, I, I mean, especially with the exposure to brain injuries now yes, and yeah. CTE knowledge and stuff, like I, I definitely feel like it's had an effect on me from over the years. Like I, uh, I feel like short-term memory is not as good as it should be. Yeah, not yeah. as good as it was because I can't remember, but. It's yeah. not as good as it, not as good as it should be, you know. I feel like, and my body is, I had this like, I had some neck problems. I couldn't feel my my fingers for yes. seven months. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I had like yeah. MRI. They said you've got a nerve impingement. And you need to do this. So then I went and saw a special special physio for that. Nothing was getting better. And then I went and saw this uh, this great chiropractor in Bristol, and he took X-rays of me stood in different positions. He said, "Listen." Your head, when you're led down for an MRI, that's not how your neck is. It's not supporting anything. So you need to be so X-rayed me, and they found out a small fracture at the back of my neck. And he said, "What I reckon?" He says an old fracture. He said a year, maybe two years old. He said, "But your body's compensated for it at some that's point, and you can see like you've got fusing of the spine. You've got um, uh, spongolosis and yeah, stuff of the spine." Yeah, he said, yeah. "So you need to work on that." And you look at it, and I'm like, "Fuck, man, that's." I've beat my body into yes, this, you know. Yeah, I've yeah, beat yeah, my yeah. body to be like this, and that's with me permanently now. There's yes, no, yeah. you know, these like the numbness in my hands, yeah. and I keep getting frequent migraines at the moment, all from this neck and this yes. nerve impingement. Yeah. But you've beat yourself into that. Yeah. I think if I could, uh, I, it used to be people used to say to me, if you could share something with your younger fighting self, what would it be? I was like, warm up better, like stretch, and that'd be out the window now, and it would be like, now it would be. These are, these are your tools. I mean, your body are your tool, your tools. You know, you don't you don't hit a hammer with a hammer. You hit no, no. a nail with a hammer. Yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah. when you're smashing each other, yeah, like you are, for want of a, a better metaphor, it's the unstoppable force and immovable object. Because you are. That's how you think in your head when you're sparring. You're like, well, I'm not giving. Yeah. And he's thinking, I'm not giving. Yeah. And then you're fighting until one of you's hurt, or you have a session where you're both just had a really tough yeah, hard session yeah. and. 
Yeah. yeah, it's not now. I can feel it in my body. You know, like I'm yeah. 34 years old, and I, like I just feel a bit yeah, broken yeah. and a, a bit slower, and not like I, mean, I don't feel punch drunk. No, no. Of imagination, but you know, when you read and you feel like it's a bit harder to concentrate some days, and yeah, yeah I feel like it has made an impact, and yeah. that's something that and it needs to get out of out of training. Certainly, know, yeah. I mean, now scientifically, it, it is there's a lot more information out there and, and people are probably training smarter yeah. again we're back to what I was saying earlier on you only trained with what you had at that time that's yeah. how you train I'm not saying it was right but that was if you went anywhere that that was it I can remember you know putting guys through workout beast in workouts it went on far too long looking back now far far too long but that's what you thought you've got to do yeah, yeah. to prepare somebody yeah. for the rigors of combat, wherever yeah. it is, you know. And I think mentally, yeah, you know, it made them strong physically, but gradually, piece by piece, it was eroding their bodies, yeah. mine included. You know, when I give up um, training in MMA and sparring, etc., and I stop doing things like sprawls, you know, knee tuck stuff like that, my back improved a hundred percent. But all the time I was in MMA, my lower back used to be stiff, my knees, my elbows, and it was only when I decided, look, this is no longer beneficial to me yeah. that I got a lot better and I feel a lot healthier now than maybe I did ten years ago. So there's yeah. some you know, there's some truth in that without a doubt like yeah. yeah, I find uh now that I don't even hit bags that often anymore. Only lightly. I'll, I'll shadow box a lot now, and I'm not snapping out my arms anymore. Just really good technique and trying to get a good workout. And look, I, I get fit enough to fight an MMA fight. I get fit enough on a treadmill. That gets me fit enough to fight an MMA fight. Yeah. When I spar now, it's about how to turn that fitness into applicable usage for for an MMA yes, fight. Yes, so yes, yes. I know I can do a, a five minute round balls to the wall because that treadmill will push me harder and more consistently than uh, than an MMA spar will. Yes. However, I now know because I've sparred, I can use that fitness and apply it to an MMA round. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think you know you can put all that effort in and all the days of the shark tanking yeah, and yeah. the pressure yeah. sparring. We all been there, you know. Yeah. I used to have a lineup of people <laughs> wanting to punch me in the face over a foot. So then what we do is, oh, you're you're really fit now. You're fit enough, so you're gonna have two people come in this round. You have yeah, a fresh yeah. person every minute. Yeah, yeah. There's no like, yeah, reward. Right. I mean, no. My reward is I'm in the yeah, fifth minute. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna get Oh, he's fresh like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but it was uh, and I think it was brilliant it made us and if we weren't making those mistakes we wouldn't have realised where we were going wrong and yeah, wouldn't yeah. be where it is now but yeah. like someone like yourself how old are you now Kev? Um, when I fought was 44 44 yeah 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 so when you were fighting 44 it's like I, I'm 34 I could, there's no way no way I, in 10 years time I'm going to be looking at fighting now, wouldn't no no I mean you know at the time like I said I never envisaged I would get to that level you know and I'm fortunate enough touch but I, I've managed to maintain my fitness and stay injury free and I think that's what made, made me be able to get in and do that but I can always remember after that fight and I remember coming back think with yourself and James behind the scenes and I, my legs just sort of give up on me and yeah, I yeah. just sat down on the floor where I was so mentally and physically exhausted and what I realised was although I was fit enough to do it, the intensity of it now on a body of 44 was different to when I was 34, and I was glad it fucking didn't go the second round. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can remember thinking that the bell must be going to go soon, and when I seen his hand tap inwardly, I went, like, yeah, <laughs> that always happens. That's not, you could be super fit. Like when I had yeah, the, yeah. when I won the um, tear up lightweight title. That's probably the most prepared I've been for a fight, you know. Like uh, I knew it was five fives. I hadn't faced a five five minute round fight before, and um, I got like I had Paul Reed putting me through my training camp, and Paul's Paul's brutal. Like Paul trains his ass off for a guy who's like in his mid forties now. He's super fit, super strong, but when he's when he's your coach, because like, we because we sort of worked together, we had a yeah. team at Olympus. I was like, Paul, you have to take care of my cardio for this fight. So Paul put me through cardio. Paul got me ready. And I was like super fit. Like the most prepared I've been for a fight. And I remember end of the first going back. And I thought, I'm going a bit. And by then, you know, I'd had like, I'd had 12 or 13 professional fights by then. So I knew the game. And like I'd fought all over the world and fought in the Ultimate Fighter High. So I knew about adrenaline. And so I knew everything. Like that. But I seen Mamor Fall sort of across the cage from me. And I thought, he looks tired. He looks more tired than me, definitely. So then go back out, second round, come in from the second round. I was like, man, I'm fucking tired now. Like, and James Thompson stood in front of me, talking to me. And all I could breathe in was the heat off of him. So I pushed him towards us. I was like, get out of the fucking way. And I look at Manuel Ford and he's leaning on the cage. I'm like, I'm not as fucked as you. And I'm moving now. I'm pacing. I'm like, I'm not as fucked as him. I feel good, you know? I feel yeah, good. Yeah. And uh, went into the third. And I'm feeling great. Coming the Caught him with a triangle. Submit him with a triangle. And I go for this triangle. And the second I went for it, I was like, don't slip out. Yeah. <laughs> and I grab him the arm. I'm like, should I take the arm bar? No, I don't want to lose the triangle. And I got the triangle. But he tried, I was like, Thank yeah. fuck for that. It's just a relief. Like, and yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the joy of fighting can. It's not about winning. I don't fight to win. Like, this is one of the things you see people like Conor McGregor now. They're just so hungry for winning. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. not about winning for me anymore. It's just I just want to fight because I've won and winning only feels as good as it ever does yeah, when you yeah, win. Sure. Losing yeah. only feels as bad as it does when you lose. That's yeah, just how yeah. it is, you know? It's not yeah. It's not going to feel any worse than the last time you lost. It's not going to feel any greater the next time you win. So for me, it's about fighting and being the, fighting the best fight that I can do now, you know? But when that person taps, you're like, yes. <laughs> it is about it's winning nice after moment. all. Fuck, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a nice feeling, mate. And then, yeah. like you say, that, like, hollow... Like, oh, I was gonna go out and party at the after party, and I'm gonna go cold bath and go to bed. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you are, you're in great. I mean, you're in great nick. Like you, you are in great shape. Like just from looking at you, you still train a lot. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. You are in great shape, and you think that, uh, you think that that's accredited because you keep training. Yeah, you do, no, I think stop. that's the way to go. You know, yeah. I, I know people that train with me say in their twenties give it up for whatever reason, come back in their 40s, trying to recapture what they had, and it, it just doesn't doesn't work, yeah. you know? I've My fitness side of things have always been a passion for me since a kid, so if it, I hadn't done martial arts, I would have still been, you know, going in the gym or going out running or whatever it is, and it's just become part of my life, the same as, you know, eating, drinking, watching TV, whatever, it's, yeah. not, it's not something that I think, oh, God, I've got to go and do. Sure, when you were fighting or you know maybe grading for a, a, a belt where you had to do extra training, yeah, there's days where you thought, oh, fuck, I don't want to get up. But in general now, I look forward to doing it. It's just something I do in the day and then carry on and do whatever else I do, like, you know? Yeah. So it, it'll be a big part of my life. And 
hopefully it just keeps me doing what I want to do. You know, I can still teach, I can still move, you know, break four, roll, whatever. And I think if I can still keep that degree of fitness and mobility, then I'll go on as long as I want to, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think it definitely keeps you young. You know, look, for, from from sticking with it and having those aches and pains. I always feel my best when I'm training. When I have a long period off, like I had this time off now because uh, because of my neck. I've only had time off of MMA. I've still trained. I've still been running and walking. Yes. And I was uh, training for some paragliding adventure races and stuff. And so running and walking a lot. I feel my best when I'm training. Yes. Maybe because I've been an athlete for so long that, that when you stop, your body's not... I suppose it'd be like being, you know, if you've been a slob for so long and you start training, you know, it's yeah, just yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah. My body sort of... Sh- breaks down a little bit when I don't train you know all these muscles and yeah. that's what's keeping me together yeah, that's the glue yeah, 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 so yeah, when yeah. that slackens yeah. off my skeleton's actually just like fuck we're yeah. a 34 year old skeleton we're not <laughs> yeah. he beat us up a bit you know so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah the training makes it makes it a lot better so I think the best way is for me yeah. and, like you said to just stay in shape yeah. you know, so. I think you adapt I think you know I, I look back and probably every 10 years of my career I changed and adapt my training for where I was you know and I know when I eventually give up um, competitively fighting for at least another year I was still training crazy and it was my boy who said to me one day dad what, what the fuck are you doing are you gonna fight again I said no they said well why are you training like yeah, you're you gonna fight again. tomorrow and I thought you're right but I was frightened to let go because I thought if I did I'd fall apart yeah uh, because that's how I'd done it for so long but gradually by little increments I thought well I'll leave that out then I'll leave this out and I and I found actually I feel I feel feel yeah, good yeah. I, I actually feel better yeah. and all these little injuries niggles are gone and I thought to be honest I don't feel that much much different and I think well what is it I want to do now am I ever going to go back in and fight six right no I'm not so am I fit and healthy and you know if I had to do something have I got that fitness yeah so then you square it away in your head and say that's fine you know this yeah. is where I am now and you know that's this is how I'm going to live and this is how I'm going to train and I'm making it sound easy it was a it was a massive decision yeah. for me and I agonized over it for probably a couple of years but once I'd done it I knew it was the right thing to do and I can only say now I've benefited from it a hundred percent like so you, you just can't keep dragging something round with you because that's what you've done you know that's what that's so i get that now um i find myself saying things that make me feel old like i say stuff like i used to be able to do that and the other day i was teaching the the kids wrestling and jake was doing some backflips and i said i'll put a crash mat out i'll do one i went to do one i did like a labored but i was like (laughs) And I was like, I used to be able to yeah. do that. Like, yeah. I used to shit. And you yeah. find it get, you kind of get to a point where, like, you don't want to say I used to be able to do no, that. No, like no. you dread saying, yeah, yeah. like ego, I guess it yes. is. Yes. I mean, like yeah, I yeah. used to be able. And so people have been at. Like, I went to to a boxing club, a schemer's boxing club, do a bit of boxing up there, and teach a couple of his guys. And um, we start training, and somebody said like, ah, oh yeah, Wes is like the fittest guy in the room, and I'm like. Fuck, I hope they don't want me to prove it because yeah. that might have been true at one point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know about that. And no, that's like, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want to be the fittest guy in the room again. I yeah, want to, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and you find yourself caught with this 
ego of like, I want to be able to do 10 rounds. I want to be able to walk in the gym and do a boxing spar fresh, like still in your jeans and yes, stuff, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be that guy still, but at the same time, I'm really glad that, yeah, yeah. that I'm not. I'm really glad that, you know, I, I know now how to train properly. Yeah. I'm focused if I'm fighting. That's how I train for a fight. Yeah, yeah. Because I think you otherwise you get where, I think it can in, inhibit you as a professional athlete. If you're constantly at a level of, what would be considered your peak fitness you've got nowhere to go like yeah. when you're getting ready for a fight etc you have nowhere to go the up in the gas in the yeah, fight yeah. let's say towards the third round you're, you're plateauing all the time and i think it's better to have your body just ticking over and then when you're getting ready for something specific boom boost yeah, it up you know yeah, yeah. And, and i know i can be in fight shape in about six six to seven weeks cardio wise this is yeah, based yeah. getting your weight down is another thing but Cardio wise, yeah, like six to seven weeks, I can be on it, ready to fight. So I find that if I'm doing, if I've got twelve weeks to fight camp, I'm not starting my hard cardio, my heel sprints, my Tabata stuff. I'm not starting that twelve weeks out because the intensity that that puts on my body, on my yeah. cardiovascular system, is not needed. Yeah, I don't need to be fight fit in six weeks and then maintain that. Mm. I need to be at a high level of fitness until I'm six weeks out and then up that so I'm at peak fitness and my body's not burning out you know and yeah, yeah. managing that yeah yeah, yeah managing that so I can be that guy that, that's something that, that you learn you know yeah you get to yeah, yeah. but what um what is the plan now what have you got like hobby wise or anything do you do anything else outside or okay um yeah I mean at the moment um I, I also like walking I like traveling and I haven't yeah. been able to do as much as that as uh, I'd like so that's something that I definitely want to do and yeah just get outside of the gym or dojo environment and you know just walk taking some fresh air and do something totally different yeah. I guess for as many years as I can remember most of my exercise is based around being in a gym or a training hall somewhere and sometimes it's nice just to get out you know not that smell of scenery sweating, yeah uh, yeah and, and, um, and walk and realize you are exercising while you're doing that you know i never associated it you know association you know being in a puddle on a fucking floor that's exercise <laughs> yeah. walking no that ain't that's just where you go somewhere so but now i think i really do enjoy it you know it's uh something you can do you can you know keep a level of fitness but you can chat look at things so i like that's certainly what i'm doing like i said to you the writing uh, i i definitely want to i i would love to get my novel published and maybe get a deal where you know i could maybe write another couple of books i see myself doing that yeah. it I, I like it because it pushes me mentally you know i've pushed myself physically a hell of a lot over my time yeah. now this is pushing me a different way when i sit down in front of you know the, the laptop it's just the same as crawling into a cage or onto the mat i get the same feelings because yeah. i know it's going to push me and i've got to talk myself into it some days so um i like that because i know i'm breaking new territory and doing something else yeah. but applying all the lessons that i learned from martial arts into another discipline and um hopefully it works for me so that and you know looking after grandchildren as well i'm enjoying that being yeah. a granddad uh, which is great and uh still fit enough to run around after yeah. them and have a bit of fun with them so yeah it's got its benefits yeah. i think like yeah. the there's a creativeness in a lot of guys who who compete in mma or compete or focus on fighting etc it's like a creativeness 
within these people it doesn't get seen like so James Thompson's obviously uh, an articulate guy who writes and stuff I mean okay he's absolutely nuts but yeah. like he writes and stuff yeah, and he yeah, likes he reads and yeah, stuff and yeah, like, yeah. like yourself yeah. you, you obviously yeah. write you explore other things I, I like to write I read I paraglide I skydive I love to travel yourself you like to travel I think there's like a a sense like a, a sense of adventure in a lot of MMA and, and sorry not just MMA and a lot of combat sports guys that maybe it's the same with everybody but maybe what happens is is that people have this sense of adventure or longing to do things but they don't do it and maybe maybe the the guys who experience MMA or yeah, martial arts maybe they just yeah, push yeah, themselves yeah, to yeah. it more they're a bit yeah. more like they live their life a bit yeah, more like, yeah, I've got this urge to do something and I think once you've been in a gym and you've the hardest thing is standing against another man yeah. and fighting with him yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's no bullshit yeah, like no, no. you can tell someone yeah I can do like a right up cut left up low kick and you spinning hook kicks I can double leg you but if we go on the mat you've got to show me yes, you can do that yeah, there's no yeah, bullshit yeah, yeah. No, you know? so yeah, I think yeah, right. when you've got that in your life you push for doing the things you want to do because yeah, the excuses yeah. aren't there I guess is what yes, I'm looking yeah, to say yeah. as were a lot of other people a lot of people say to me when I was in America obviously I went for nine days I say the year and uh, lots of people would message me on Facebook oh your, your trip's so inspiring I wish I could do that yeah. in the end I couldn't respond to people because I was like my response is only ever going to be, do it. Do it yeah. Like, I don't see, I don't understand in my head why you're not doing it. You can come up with as many bullshit excuses as yeah, you yeah. want, but then my answer or my rebuttal is always going to be, then you don't want to do it. No, no, you're right. Yeah. It's that simple, like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. But someone like yourself, you're saying, like, you you find the the enjoyment in walking. So I think that's just the creativeness that there seems to yeah, be in... Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. in people who, who compete in yeah, I, especially within combat sports you yeah know? without a doubt I mean like you say it could be relevant in other things but I found martial arts allowed me and gave me the confidence and belief to try other things in my life that I probably never would have done yeah. if I hadn't so for me martial arts was a vehicle not only for you know obviously giving you fighting skills and etc etc but it gave me belief and confidence well if I can do that why can't I do this? And quite rightly, like you said, when you look at some of the things you've done in martial arts, you think, well, how hard is that going to be compared to what I've done there? Yeah. But it's easy to look at that and talk yourself out of it. So I think that, you know, I got a lot out of martial arts in itself, but I think the best thing was it gave me belief and confidence to go out and do other things in my life and experience things that I never thought I would and I wholly encourage everybody and I think you know martial arts is a great vehicle to help people find that confidence and yeah, belief yeah. Right, you know yeah I, I agree yeah, yeah I agree and uh the boys carrying on your name like Jake and Tom like they're both, yeah, yeah. both got, like uh, Jake's not so active as in uh, training wise anymore he, he coaches a lot etc but yeah. Tom's Jiu-jitsu's like really high level and yeah, stuff, yeah, you know. And that must make you proud got, to see Yeah, him absolutely fantastic. You know, uh, you know, I can remember <laughs> for years teaching them and lying on them in cross body and pounding them and grinding them. They could never get out. And then there was this day where suddenly, hang on a minute, looking out of this, and yeah. <laughs> suddenly they've got my neck or my leg, and I thought, yeah, the the sort of mantle's moved on, and yeah. they've taken it to a another level where they're, they're absolutely passionate about it and um, yeah they've just sort of taken it beyond and yeah some of the stuff they're doing is it, fantastic so I'm really proud yeah, yeah I'm really proud yeah I mean obviously I've, uh, 
I've worked with, but like I've worked with Jake on a yeah. professional level, and yeah. I've worked with him training, and I've trained with Tom, and Tom trained a lot with us. Yeah, and uh, right. yeah, yeah. so I know those guys. It must be so. Like, it must be great for them as well, having like a lineage, you know, to look back. Yeah, look, yeah. I obviously no one in my family is a, a fighter. My dad's like done a bit of martial arts in the past, but I was never brought up with with fighting or MMA. But that's that's the O'Hagan name you sort yeah, of made yeah, it yeah, so yeah. when you get that I guess it's one of those things where you you're thinking what where does it go will your boys carry on with this and so I'm yeah. both so involved with yeah. fitness and combat sports it must be like yeah, yeah it it is, be, you know, I, when, from young I never pushed them to do it but they grew up with me doing it you know and when I taught and trained they would come with me sit on the mat side watch me and then eventually it was a natural progression to want to come on the mats yeah. and train they started training you know probably five or six years of age so although now you know I took Tom's 31 and Jay's probably uh, 29 they've been in it a hell of a long time because they were literally sort of straight on the mats from five years yeah. of age training so you know they have a lot of experience there uh, so yeah it was nice it was the reason we got the gym. The gym wasn't really for me. It is a legacy. It's to yeah. carry on the name. You know, people know me in Bristol for a long, long time teaching, and I would just like to keep that going and yeah. keep the name going. And you know, everybody and anybody's welcome to come. You know, I've always been open-minded with that, and you know, yeah. I just love to see people train, yeah. and particularly for Bristol, it's good for us. You know, yeah. We, this know? is the thing with Bristol. We've got a massive history of. The fighting arts, like boxing wise, yeah. Glenn Catley, we've got um, uh, Ross, uh, what's the name, Rooster, Ross, yeah, um, Ross Hell, Ross Hell, Ross yeah, yeah, we've yeah, got yeah, yeah. Adrian, we've got so many great boxers who have come out of here, you know, like yeah. Mike Graydon, great guys who had loads of potential, younger guys come out of here, and then now MMA wise, where was like, I think less than 10 people in the yeah. country when me and James started like, yeah. Lee Remedios was not local at that no, point no, it was no, over no, in no. Kent yeah. and uh, so then we had the Gloucester guys like Paul Sutherland so yeah. it, it's really good that Bristol got like a hub for this sort yes, of thing yeah, you know? yeah, and, which is nice you know? yeah I, I yeah, think you know, it's, I, it's really cool you know I sort of look back you know, on those early days and you know um, yourself and Paul and, Nad, and uh, Greg you know, all these people you know uh, you went on and I always was proud I followed your career I was proud of all of you what you've done and yeah, it was nice you. that you know you started off with me and I respected the fact that you've gone on to bigger and better things but never forgot that you know and it was lovely to see all you guys yeah. get that success you know and yeah, I think that's, what that's, the, that's what it's about yeah know? it's good to hear that it's nice to hear that because we've had a, like, you and I have kept this relationship where there seems to be what a lot of people don't see about MMA is like the uh, it's like this bitchy sort mm. of close knit scene which yeah. we've never had like no, when no, I ran my gym open door yeah. anyone and I remember when like Paul Bush and those guys were getting ready for their fights they'd come up and train with us because yeah, they were yeah. sparring yeah. and you were like go up and see Wes and stuff they got some guys to spar with or I'd send some guys over to your class yeah. and then yeah. because we understood that listen it's not I'm not worried about losing five pound a session for someone no. to go and train that's not what I'm in this for if you've got guys there that are the right weight for someone who can help then send them over and we yeah, train yeah, it seems yeah. I find it so counterintuitive that we're in a sport that's called mixed martial arts but people are scared about sharing their students they'll, they'll, they'll share knowledge with their select group of students but if that student wants to learn anywhere else or if somebody wants to come in it's a close, close yeah, book yeah. but what 
Yeah. I just think it's so counterintuitive to what we promote, you know. So the fact that you've done that over the years and it's been a, it's been sort of open door. It's always been respected by myself and Paul as well, you know. We've yeah. always found that to yeah. be, uh, yeah, to be respected, like respected about you, about you, you know. So, yeah. Um, so the book is in publishing so that'll be out soon yeah yes. what's your uh, website so that people can yeah it's www.kevinohagan.com they can go on there you know I've got all my other stuff on there I also write blogs on there etc if they want to read them and then anything about the book will be up there no doubt and also on Facebook if anybody wants to you know become a friend if they're not there'll be details up there as well so yeah yeah definitely add on Christmas. Facebook yeah, yeah definitely yeah. add on Facebook yeah. add the gym impact gym yeah impact gym Bristol add the gym as well and find out what's going on with the gym you know yeah. and tear up as well the fight shows back right they, yes they it that is gym, yeah, yeah, that yeah, back. yeah so first one do you have much yeah. involvement with that or is that Jake's baby or I do the um, MCing yeah no, yeah yeah I've taken that role yeah. over so I've been doing that for the last four, four or five shows yeah. so yeah so I still have involvement in that which is yeah. great yeah just another perspective so I enjoy that so yeah there should be another one hopefully you know later this year so we're looking forward to getting that up and going again right yeah yeah it'd be great great for Bristol that yeah, that's what it's about show. it's just showcasing you know Bristol talent yeah. there's nobody else doing it in this area so it's just great to have a show where, yeah definitely because too many people want to make money mate that's what that is and yes. when you get someone like yourself who Jake and obviously nobody wants to make a loss on these is. things yeah, yeah. but when you get some people who are a bit more motivated by listen let's just do a showcase yeah, and nice. present something if we make a profit we make a profit as long as we're not making a loss yeah that's the main yeah, thing you can keep yeah. running them you know yeah exactly give and people a chance to get out there right? yeah so if there's anyone like listening who have a fight team etc and they're not from bristol get in touch get your guys matched on that card yeah, is a definitely. great card yeah, to get yeah, your guys yeah, on well, well i mean i can speak from being the terror lightweight champion i can speak it's a professionally ran show the commentate the commentating's good the MC's brilliant <laughs> um, but also the judging's always fair the refing's always fair you go to away shows a lot of the time yeah, yeah. and you're worried but that's something that I find locally is that we don't do that you know you come here and you fight on tear up you guys get you, they get a fair doing you know yeah, the, that, all yeah. the judges are fairly picked and yeah so I think it's a great show get any any guys who are looking to match guys to get yeah, in touch yeah. for that or stay in yeah, touch with yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, well I'll uh I'll make sure I get a copy of your book when that's out. Yeah, and no then problem. Man. We'll have to sit down and do this again. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice uh, to have a chat, yeah. Yeah, catch I agree, up. mate. Nice yeah. to catch up after all this time. time. So, yeah, thanks for that, mate. And I'll welcome, make sure mate. we go over the book next time. Yeah, brilliant. Nice to speak to you. Take care, mate. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers.